Hey everybody, I've been wanting to record this podcast episode for a while and I decided, you know what, it's finally time, especially as we're heading into a new school year. Some of you may have already started, um, but some of you may still be planning how to make everything work. And so today's topic is going to be specifically about using the Stepping Stones curriculum by Tina Hargaden. And that could be the free version that you can find on Teachers Pay Teachers on the CI Liftoff store. Or that could be using her book, Stepping Stones, to create your own units and cycles. Or that could be being a member of Curriculum Club and having access to the, the paid version of the Padlets and curriculum materials. But all that aside, I really want to talk about how I would integrate required grammar and vocabulary if I had to to do that along with trying to provide a ton of comprehensible input so that my students could acquire the target language in my classroom. The first thing I want to make sure you all are aware of is that these systems for acquiring languages and consciously learning grammar rules are two different two different systems, they're two different things. So when you are speaking slowly in the target language to your students and when you are supporting their comprehension um, by scaffolding and visual aids and everything like that that we do as teachers, you are building up their acquired competence. So that is the part of the brain that acquires languages. Just like when you were learning your first language, when you were a baby and a child, how your parents spoke slowly to you, how they repeated things multiple times, how they would lovingly just rephrase things that maybe you had said incorrectly, all of that. That's exactly what we're doing in our target language in our classes when we're providing comprehensible input to our students. The other part of our brain is our um, is our conscious learning, and that is just learning the, the grammar rules and how to make the language more accurate. That is something totally separate. And even when you were, th- when you were growing up in school in your first language and you were taking classes, you had to learn a lot of the language, right, before you started learning the rules behind why the language was what it was. When you were two, year- two years old and talking about run or walk or eat... You didn't know that that was a verb. You just knew how to use it. And so the same type of thing applies here. And I really feel strongly that the longer you can delay teaching any required vocabulary or grammar in your um, in your language classes, especially at the novice level, the better off your students will be and the more comfortable they'll be actually utilizing the language. So my experience in school was I learned Spanish, the traditional way with a focus on grammar and vocabulary. I excelled at it. I was great at it. But when I went to go live and study abroad in Costa Rica, I found myself really kind of digging through a filing cabinet of verb conjugations in my head before I was able to speak and actually, you know, communicate with people in a meaningful way. And what I've noticed since I've made the transition from using textbook well, just basically grammar and vocabulary from a textbook to teaching with comprehensible input over the last few years is that my students no longer seem to have that mental block before they speak in my classes or even when they're writing. Anytime they're outputting, they think less and communicate more. And I think that is super powerful and the biggest reason as to why I can tell you that doing your best to provide as much comprehensible input in your classes as possible is going to fuel your students' ability to communicate in the target language. So if I was 
heading into the school year, utilizing the Stepping Stones curriculum to focus on students acquiring languages and providing tons of valuable input. But I still had to, I still had to um, use required grammar and vocabulary. There's a few considerations that you would want to think about before you make your plans. Number one, what is actually really required of you? So I think a lot of us put our own pressures on ourselves, or we think we have to do something just because that's the way we've always done it, or we think we should be doing it a certain way. So oftentimes when you get down to the nitty gritty of what you have to incorporate, it may actually be less than what you think it is. So depending on your situation, you may want to talk with your other department teachers, you may want to speak with your admin, whoever it might be, your department head, and really figure out, you know, okay, what is it that I need to do in common? And I would not approach them by saying, I'm going to throw our required curriculum out the door and I'm just going to do whatever I want but game the system so that my students can be successful in whatever benchmarks you throw at us, even though that's what you're doing. Don't tell them that. Just make sure you kind of inquire about um, what's required so that they can be successful if they would need to move your students, if your students would need to move to another class or they would have to move to a different teacher. So for example, if you are only required to have the semester exam and final exam have explicit grammar and vocabulary, there's a couple of different ways that you could approach incorporating that required grammar and vocabulary. Depending on how long your class periods are and how often you see your students, let's say you see your students every day, five days a week for a whole semester, and you don't have to they don't have to have any required grammar and vocabulary until the semester exam. You might want to take every Friday to just do some vocab and grammar practice. So you may want to, you know, put together Quizlets, GimKids, Kahoots, whichever quizzes, whatever platform you prefer, and have the students practice on their own and do some sort of fun competition, kind of like a word off. Um, I learned this from Tina Hargaden, and I did it with my students last year, preparing them for their high school level Spanish classes, which were traditionally with grammar and vocabulary. And basically, it's like you take a set of vocabulary, give students time to, to learn it and study it, and then you actually go around kind of like a spelling bee, but with words and meanings, and you will quiz the kids on words. So you'll say a word in Spanish, and then they would tell you what it means in English. After you've done a couple rounds of that, maybe have eliminated some students, and if they get it wrong, they're eliminated. Um, then you start asking them the words in English, and they tell you what it is in Spanish. And then at the end of the semester, I would do like a massive word-off championship where you include all the words from the quarter. But maybe every Friday, you've been playing Quizlet Live, or and you can even play that virtually. I did it this spring, um, or you've given them time to study on Quizlet or whatever it might be. Um, and then also for grammar, same type of thing. Maybe each Friday, half the class is spent on practicing the vocab and the other half of the class is, practice, is spent on practicing the grammar. The big kicker here is I would highly, highly encourage you not to assess the students on the required grammar and vocabulary too much. Not in any way where it's going to significantly impact their grade because they can't really control that. That is really kind of putting the burden on them to be to have the good study, study skills, to have the time outside of class to, to put into learning those things, to do all of that. And I understand that their semester exam might also be on those topics, but the less, the less that we can put on them and the lower their effective filter will be, the more that they will acquire language, which will eventually make learning these grammar and vocabulary things easier. 
And half the time, okay, let's be honest, when students are studying for an exam anyway, they are not trying to study and turn these words and, and rules into meaningful memories in their head. They're cramming all the information in at once so they can do well on the exam and then they lose it. How many times do have you had, or I mean I've had too, where you spend the first two or three weeks of school reviewing everything from the last year because they don't remember it? That's why teaching with comprehensible input and having them make meaningful connections to the language and it's like feeding their whole brain why that works better than conscious learning in the first place. Because unless the students' brains are ready to acquire that grammar or vocabulary, and unless they can make meaningful connections to it, it's not going to stick. That's just how it works. The kids that are going to be able to game the system and do the best in those situations of grammar and vocabulary are going to be the ones who are good at school, are going to be the ones that have other benefits outside of the classroom. So, again... You could approach it by taking one day a week and working on it. Now, if you teach on block classes and you don't see your students five days a week, maybe you want to take 10 or 15 minutes each day at the beginning or the end to do that grammar and vocabulary study. So that's one way you could approach it. The other way you could approach it is if you had, um, if you had the students and you didn't want to do any of that until they had built up enough acquired competence, you could wait until the last month before the exam comes and hit all the grammar and vocabulary hard so that it's fresh in their heads. So it depends, it really depends on what your requirements are, what you are comfortable with, and what makes the most sense for your students to experience success while still providing them what you know is best for them, which is comprehensible input to acquire the language and become proficient speakers and communicators in that language. One other thing you might do, I heard this from BVP on his podcast, Talking L2 with BVP. I don't remember what episode it was on, but he talked about how you could, before you worry about teaching them explicit rules for things, sometimes their brains are making sense of these rules on their own because our brains are powerful machines. So when you get maybe two months out from, let's say you get to the end of first quarter and you're like, okay, I really am curious to see how students could do on a more traditional type of a test before the semester exam. So you give them some sample questions or you give them some, um, some practice, like give them like a practice test that's similar to the exam. And then you know what kinds of things they already know and you don't have to worry about hitting those as hard explicitly. And then when you're a month out from the exam, you give them a similar practice test again, and you will probably narrow down what you really need to rein in and focus on as far as hitting those specific vocabulary and grammar points as needed. So I wouldn't worry too much as far as the Stepping Stones curriculum as trying to align your input in those lessons with what your textbook units are. Obviously, it's going to look a diff little different if every chapter you have a, a common assessment that is grammar and vocabulary focused. And honestly, if that's the case, I would really contemplate having a discussion with your department or with your admin about your state standards and about the national standards and really look at what's in there. Because it doesn't address specific vocabulary words or specific tenses or conjugations that the students need to know. At least not in any of the state standards I've seen recently, and I know the ACTFL standards don't have that in there. So really kind of getting to the root of it and questioning, you know, why, why is our exam based on this when the standards say this? 
and just trying to make it like a standards aligned test. Um, and so I really highly suggest that you kind of take some time to dig into that. If you are a member of Curriculum Club or even using the free Teachers Pay Teachers curriculum from Tina Harkaden, um to look at her scope and sequence. If you are in Curriculum Club, there is in the Padlets, there is a, a document that has, um, you know, essential questions, enduring understandings, the standards, all of that's in there. Um, if you look in that, I believe it's the first column in the Padlets. So I just want to encourage you, remember that the acquired competence and the conscious learning are two separate systems. And we can treat them that way in class. And the great thing about using the Stepping Stones curriculum is in the daily framework, every day in your lesson, when you do your shared reading, there's an opportunity for you to point out and do pop-up grammar. So keep in mind that you may be doing this little bits of pop-up grammar as things naturally come up or as students ask questions or as students notice things. And that's going to be feeding into that conscious learning as well, which will make your work a little bit easier when it comes time to really prepare them for whatever it is those things that need to be prepared. So I hope that this gives you a little bit of insight into some different ways that you can mix the Stepping Stones curriculum with some required um, curriculum that you may have to use and how you can be successful on both. So I wish you well this school year. I hope you are safe and healthy and continue to be that way.